going on, everyone? Welcome back to Picks and Picks Podcast. Nick, Coach Steve, Scotty, back with you. First show of February, coming off of a much-needed get-us-back-on-track, scorching-hot January. 23-11-5 on the month, up 7.6 units. Um, Four winning weeks in a row, I believe. So yeah. we're at least 500 or better. So uh, we were really hoping to build on back-to-back seven-win weeks. Wound up with two draws last week, but it is okay. We move forward. We got Coach's team rolling in Serie A. Big matchup this week with Inter. Another big matchup in Serie A, Milan taking on Napoli. And we're a little bit all over the place in the Premier League, so we will try to make sense of it for you. Boys, fixture list isn't getting any less congested. We've seen cup matches. We've seen travel. We've got Champions League coming back this sure week. Sure do. So if you guys are listening to this, make sure you listen or be on the lookout for uh, the Champions League content we will be putting out, whether that be in podcast form or written form both excited about that looking to pick up uh, a future for the third straight year but teams are rolling along uh I, a mixed bag i know coach's team like i said coaching change has looked good uh scotty liverpool handed their second loss of the season last week maybe we start there and start in the premier league but any quick thoughts on pool yeah, I, I I wrote a little bit about it in my uh, my piece I do on HappyHourSports.net every week. Um, that looked like a match where one team just really wanted the result far more than the other, and I think it it kind of made sense. Um, if Arsenal lost that one, they'd be eight points back of Liverpool. They'd also have just lost. I mean, no excuses. Like Liverpool still fielded a strong lineup, but they were still without you know Salah and, and Soboslai and some of their key players, whereas Arsenal were were largely healthy for the first time. Um, and you can just tell like Arsenal just really wanted the result more, especially at home. Um, I don't think they've lost a game at home yet this season because they also beat city at home. Um, and, and Liverpool just looked like they were a step and a half behind. Um, in, in most cases, like even the goal they scored was like a jammy little deflected, um, goal off of, off of, um, the keeper. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too down about it. Like Liverpool still control their own destiny in terms of the title race. Um, it's going to come down to kind of what I've assumed since November, really, that it's going to be whoever wins at Anfield between City yep. and, and Liverpool in March. Um, <clears throat> the good news for for Liverpool is that they don't really have to deal with Europa um, quite yet. They, they've gotten that buy into the next round. Yeah, uh, we winning that change. Yeah, so City will still have to play. I think they're playing Copenhagen, so it's not really anybody challenging, but they still have to play Champions League midweek. Liverpool will not. Um, City's schedule in March is a little bit more challenging. I think they have um, United and their local derby plus Arsenal and maybe Newcastle, I think, um, all surrounding it. So um, I guess there's, it, it, it kind of favors Liverpool in that sense, but I don't think it can be lost on anybody that watched the games this weekend that City are themselves fully healthy. Um, you know, they started De Bruyne and they started Holland for the first time and probably the first match of the season, I would have to guess, right? I think that's Crazy, the last yeah. time they both started together. Um, and it showed. I mean, they they put out, I mean, they didn't even score. It was it was Foden that did all the heavy lifting, had a hat trick, but, um, you know, they look lethal. So uh, it's going to be a, another classic, you know, Pep Guardiola versus Jurgen Klopp race to the finish. Um, and we'll see who blinks first because, you know, the last few times this has happened, City has 
put together like a 15 match win streak to end the season. Um, so there's, there's no wiggle room, but you know, it, it, it's a downer, but I, I would call that really a, a nice to have match for Liverpool versus a must have for Arsenal. And I, I mean, for what it's worth, I feel like they were still in it to potentially get points up until that red card. I mean, Arsenal were the better team for the whole match. I'm not disputing that, but Pool still had a chance. And I mean, that's all you yeah. can really ask for going into the 80 something minute away from home. Yeah. And you can see just like, you know, without Sala, without Nunez, who, who didn't start that game, um, Trent, you know, went off at halftime. Um, Robertson didn't start like the, the, the creativity without those guys. And, and even to an extent, Soboslai, it, it struggled. Um, but I think the good news is like, this isn't like a long-term thing. Like Sala is probably closer to being back than not. Um, Tiago, who Liverpool haven't seen since March of last year was on the bench for the first time. Um, I think people forget just how good that dude's been in midfield for many, many years. And, um, you know, thinking about adding him to a midfield of, you know, McAllister and, and Soboslai is pretty fucking incredible. Um, especially when you have Trent on one wing and potentially Robertson back healthy for the first time since October on the other wing, um, wing back position. So, you know, I think they'll be good to go for the long run. Um, it's just going to come down to really who can stay the healthiest through the next three months. For sure. And coach, just quickly, the, I mean, I don't know who's hotter, Roma, since uh, Rossi got appointed or you in the month of January, because uh, I feel like you carried the pot a little bit. We, we haven't talked about it, but you had some monster weeks, man, stacked up for us. Yeah, I think coming up back-to-back three knows, right? If, yes, sir. If I remember right. If I were you, I'd be bragging about that a little more, but you do what you got to do. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, things are starting starting to, to look up a little bit. Obviously, weak schedule in terms of three teams they, they beat under the Rossi, Verona, um, Caliade, and Salernitana, not in that order. They're coming off Caliade this past week, which was the best of the results, 4 nothing win. Uh, cashed us, my one of my bets. Um, I've actually, I think, cashed all three weeks on them, and, and betting with my heart worked out in, in these cases uh, because of the mismatches and being able to exploit those those lines a little bit. Uh, can't say I'll be doing the same this week with them posting Inter, but uh, certainly different style of play, a little enthusiasm around the style of play. He's trying to play a little more offensive. You know, he takes some of his philosophies from uh, the, the Luis Enrique days when he played under Luis Enrique at Roma, I know, and um, which is that Pep Guardiola school of thought. Not that any, Roma's anywhere near city levels anytime soon, but just, just trying to, to play a little more offensive. I think for us Romanisti, it's it's a nice change up when you're watching matches on on a week to week. Which these last two have been Monday, so it's been hard to watch for me. But in terms of being able to sit through a match when you are watching it, it it's a lot more pleasing to the eye. There's certainly some going to be some growing pain switching from back three to back four. We saw that in the first two matches against Hellas and Salernitana, where they did concede and and did absorb some pressure late with with leads, but. The players seem to be more upbeat. I think the the biggest takeaway has been Pellegrini has been on fire since De Rossi took over. Um, you know, maybe there's a little coincidence there, maybe not, but three goals and an assist in three matches since since De Rossi's taken over, his old teammate, uh, you know, fellow Roman, fellow Roman captain. So maybe there's that, you know, little nudge that De Rossi can give him, that little pep talk that he can really relate to him and what he's going through and and that's really sparked his game. And, and it's really sparked Roma. I mean, Dybala has been on, on, on fire. I think it was in his last 11 matches. I think I saw the tweet put out by IFTV. I think it's seven goals and three assists, some, something to that effect. Um, so it's been a really good run of form. Inter comes in this weekend and it will preview that match in just a bit, but uh, 
certainly got to be feeling good as a Romanista. At least that Roma is back in the, the top four race. I think they're a point behind Atalanta. Yes, one one more match played, but things are are yeah. on, on, on the up and up a little bit. Like you said, we'll, we'll get into the match, but the, the one comment I want to make is it's probably just like a a little bit of a freer experience that, you know, like you play under Mourinho, there's, there's expectations that come with that. Right. And, um, yeah. you know, not saying top four isn't a possibility or realistic, but I don't think anybody is going to be mad at this point if they don't make top five. Yes. You're going to be upset that you didn't make champions league, but the expectation is not to make champions league the same way it would have yeah. been maybe under Mourinho. So I feel like there's something to be said about that. You know, and and the, the Mourinho people, you know, will go into the conspiracy theory. They didn't buy anybody for him, and now you know they bring in uh, Angelino, they bring in Baldanzi. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be those people, but, but don't act like they uh, weren't coming in, whether Mourinho was there or not. Well, I don't know if those profiles would be coming in under Mourinho. That that's the thing. I think the the way they went shopping changed a little bit with a different philosophy in in what they're looking for now. Right, you play more offensive, so a young Baldanzi, which can be like an understudy to uh, DiBala, they play that same kind of free role. Um, you know, it, it kind of gives you a, a second option. You when you want to rest Dibalo, or if he does get hurt, which we know happens yep. quite often, and maybe you could avoid the injuries a little bit by having someone who plays a similar similar role as him uh, against some maybe the, the lower clubs in the table. Um, and Angelino, you know, breath of fresh air uh, in terms of crossing, because if if you've watched Roma enough this year, you know that the fullbacks have not been able to cross balls into Lukaku and anybody else that's in the, yeah. the center of the box. So. I don't know if those profiles, because Mourinho's profile player has been the bigger, more burly type players that they've brought in, in the past few years. Um, but that that has certainly been welcome. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a big change, though, in terms of like, and I think expectation, you know, by the time Mourinho was fired, um, they were in seventh or eighth place in the table. So, yeah, the, the Champions League becomes like a little bit of an afterthought. What I'm curious to see, because we're going getting back into Europe this week after Inter, is how do they manage? Europe. Uh, Feyenoord again for the third straight year um, will be interesting. Feyenoord will be out for blood after Rome beat them in the Conference League final and then the I don't remember if it was the round of 16 or the, the quarterfinals last year of the, the Europa League but you know the Dutch side is going to be out for blood. They're also going to be managing it the first European experience. Uh, it, it shall be interesting. The one also thing that's interesting is the fact that you know it's only been three matches but De Rossi had a very poor stint in his only other managerial experience at Spal. And I think it goes to show, you know, when you want to play a certain style of football, you can play it. Um, you know, Roma's not an elite European club, but having a top of the tape, not a top, I don't know, like sixth or so European, you know, club in a big league is is much easier to do that with than at Spal. Um, sure. And even the um, the owner, Joe Takapino of Spal, uh, Italian-American owner, I think mentioned that, you know, De Rossi just didn't have the tools to, to succeed there. You know, it was kind of out of his control a little bit. Yeah, we'll see how he does. Big test this week. Um, so we're, we're, I'm going to quasi bring back buy or sell. We haven't done a buy or sell segment in a while, but the Premier League here, this Wait, is going to be up. a two-part. Is this why you wanted to host, Nick? Because you didn't want to talk about Lazio losing 3-1 to one on the weekend? Oh, we're going to we talk, talk about, about our, all of our Wait, teams. What do you want to talk about? you didn't want to bring think, it up? I think smart people took Atalanta <laughs> to the bank. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about it last week or not, but I, I can tell you certainly Atalanta team total was like, the easiest bet I had all weekend. Demolition all right. Derby over there. Yeah, we can talk. Listen, it's uh I don't want to get stale and say the same bullshit about Saudi. I think Saudi is a problem. I think 
No. Tactically, he doesn't Breaking do news. anything. Nick right? thinks sorry I is think a problem. <laughs> he doesn't motivate the players. However, the players are just as big, if not more of a problem. I mean, the uh, quote unquote improved squad that finished second place last year. Yes, you lost your very best player, but you got guys who are shells of themselves, not doing anything remotely close to what they did the year before. And they just look uninterested. I mean, Pedro bench player, but hasn't had one good performance that I can remember. Felipe Anderson is already thinking about his next move in the summer. He looks terrible. Zakani can't really stay on the field. Immobile is obviously another year older. He's hurt. He's not getting the playing time. Tati, who they brought in, is awful. Kamada has been awful. He's obviously off with his national team. Um, so, so Nick, why is this Saudi's fault then? Because if they that's had what the I was same squad that, last that, year, that's, that's just that's overachieved. Okay. Wait, wait, okay. hold on. That's what I just said in the middle of well, my argument. Just... He's a problem. He's okay. not the only problem. These right. guys right. at some point have to <clears> – we have to – place blame on the players who are not performing and his tactics certainly are stale, but if you can't beat the, the bottom half teams, and if you're back to back getting absolutely run off the pitch by Inter and Atalanta, everybody gets blamed as far as I'm concerned. So he is a problem, but he can only do so much with the players and the performances that are in front of him. At some point, somebody has to get motivated, whether that's internal because you're an athlete or whether that's the coach, there needs to be something going on. Yeah, and I know like the the winter market isn't like prime buying season for especially a lot of these Serie A clubs. You know, I can rejoice as a Roma Roma fan that they brought in Baldanzi on a permanent deal, who's one of the better talents uh, in, in the Italy setup. Uh, and then you know, I, I think a solid loan deal for Angelino and Hoisin. But you know, Lazio did nothing to address any of their needs. Right? Ever. They didn't bring in not 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 a soul. Ever. So. Well, the silver lining for you, Nick, is you guys might have an extra day of practice next season, midweek, where you don't have to worry about going to any European European games. No question. <laughs> um, I listen. They they got to really figure it the fuck out, and soon if they're planning on even making seventh place. Reality. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> so back to buy or sell in the Premier League. <laughs> Uh, two-parter here. We're gonna. I'm gonna run through some odds for you guys. The a uh, lot of lopsided matchups. We have massive favorites. Man City is minus 500 playing Everton. Liverpool minus 600 playing Burnley. Tottenham minus 125. Uh, Brighton is plus 285 in that game. Newcastle plus 105. Forest is plus 245. Similar. Arsenal minus 190 to West Ham, Chelsea minus 110 to Palace, Villa plus 115, United plus 210. So seven teams that I mentioned, I am going to ask a buy or sell. How many of these seven teams will get upset and lose outright? City Everton, Poole Burnley, Tottenham Brighton, Newcastle Forest, Arsenal to West Ham, Chelsea to Palace. Villa to United. So can we, we're going to lose can we make right, that a, right now. First, points. first half of my buy or sell is what's going to be the upset. Will there be any upsets? Upset, upset. Can we just set set the total of upsets to two and a half and take under over? Is that allowed? Absolutely. Okay. Two and a half. So that's where I would under. set the number. Two and a half. Um, In terms of losing outright, I'd go under. I was going to say yeah. one and a half for that point. Yeah, lo- losing outright, I'm going under. Okay, losing outright. Will anybody yeah. lose outright? Is let's phrase it that way. Is there a team here that loses oh. outright? 
if I'm looking sure. at one, maybe it's Chelsea because they're on the road. I'm looking at a lot of these big favorites are at home. You know, City's at home, Liverpool's at home, Spurs at home. Um, you know, Newcastle, I think, could be vulnerable on the road, but I'm looking at that as more of a drop points, which was the second part of your question. Um, I'm looking at maybe Chelsea on the road at Palace to, to, to lose outright, but uh, it's hard to say any of these teams will definitively lose outright. You know, e- even Villa um, at home, I, I think they bounce back a bit from today's defeat. I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, losing outright, I think Villa, Chelsea, based off of how bad they've been, um, although they've had a little bit of hope here and there that gets dashed in. So maybe this is one of those periods of times they have hope. Um, the weird one that I'm going to actually circle, which doesn't sound right coming from a Liverpool fan, is is Arsenal. Um, I think this is due for a letdown game. Um, you know, they just beat Liverpool at home. Um, now they got to take on West Ham who have had moments where they've looked really, really good. And then they've had moments where they've looked pretty bad, but certainly capable offensively. And it's really a matter of if they can keep their defense, you know, in shape and, and, and kind of limit some of the, the damage that they've allowed, like they did in the first half of the season. Um, so I, I weirdly, I think that's a, a, almost like a trap game for, for Arsenal. I could see them coming in and, um, you know, conceding to quick ones and then being kind of caught off guard. I mean, people forget they, they really have had, you know, offensive challenges up until like the last two weeks, um, especially with their forwards. So I, I wouldn't count that one out. Um, Newcastle, I would get people's argument about why they could lose. Um, they're away for them. All season long has been horrendous. Um, they've really, you know, not that they're sitting in the top, you know, five or six spots, but they are in the t- position that they are in right now on the table because of their home form. So I think that's certainly an opportunity for, for like coach said, drop points or, you know, who knows, crazier things have happened. But um, that's probably where my head would be at now. I don't, you know, I don't think City or Poole are really any threat. I would say Tottenham maybe, but Brighton have looked really bad Terrible. Um, yep. in recent weeks. They got absolutely smoked by Luton Town midweek last week. Um, so I, I think that one, you know, it, it's a little bit more safe for, for Spurs fans. Okay. Um, I would say, gun to my head, I kind of agree with you, Scott. I think Arsenal and or Chelsea are the two, like, prime candidates for letdown games. They don't, you know. Chelsea, do you bank on them scoring a ton of goals two games in a row? I certainly don't, and I think Arsenal has nowhere to go but down. West Ham has been okay. Um, but I'm going to go to phase two of my question, and I guess we can set an over-under for this one. Forget about upsets. How many of these favorites, seven games, will drop points this week? So I will set that at a solid even three. I think three and a half is tough for seven. So over-under three of these favorites drop points this week coach i'll let you go first over under three <clears throat> i'm going to go i think i'm still going to go under because if you hit three you're pushing anyway and i don't think we're hitting four so um i'm going to go under three at that at that point because i think you could get three um but i don't i don't think four of these teams drop i like, i don't see city liverpool dropping points in any way um you know the the others maybe you maybe you do i like like sky said brighton coming off that that loss to lutton town I, I don't see them going to spurs and winning or even taking points they've been so inconsistent this year the seagulls 
Um, you know, could could Newcastle? I could see it because they lost to Forest at home uh, back in December. Um, you guys mentioned Arsenal. It's a derby match. It's a London derby. Maybe, maybe Arsenal's prime for a letdown. I don't know, but um, I'd really have to talk myself into into four, and I'm trying to do that right now. And I, I don't see it. I'm going to go under, and, and at, at worst, I think you push it three. I, I hit you guys yeah. with the Asian line. I know you weren't expecting that. I had to had to keep yeah. it. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I think I'll I'll take the over purely because the only two that I feel really really confident on in would be City and Pool. Um, Tottenham, like I said, you know, if it weren't for the fact, I mean, Brighton did win on the weekend four to one after they you know lost to Linton Town midweek, so they maybe had a little bit of a bounce back. But again, like they're on the road. Um, you know, they don't they're not haven't been great on the road under um, Deserby this season. Um, and then the rest of them, like, yeah, Newcastle's away form. I wouldn't put it past them to drop points. Um, Arsenal, like I said, I think this is a kind of a trap game. Um, West Ham coming off of their, one of their worst losses of the season against United. Um, whereas Arsenal coming off one of their best wins of the season versus Liverpool. It's one of those like weird, you know, kind of trap games. So I could see Arsenal certainly dropping points in that one. Chelsea, I would never bet on or guarantee that they're going to get a win. Um, and then Villa, like I said, this one feels to me like a match where United are figuring things out, and I think they can take advantage of, of Villa even on the road. So I, I think of those five, if you told me four of them, um, the favorites drop points, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And I would expect probably at least three of them. Like I said, like I think United will get a result. I think uh, West Ham will get a result. And one of Forest or, or sorry, one of Brighton or Palace could get a result. So that will get you to three easily, and then it's just a matter of the other two being coin flips. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with you, Scotty. I'm going to take the over. And and what I want to say about that Villa-United match, and I don't have the odds in front of me, but that to me screams like a United plus quarter of a goal, United draw no bet type bet to me. Um, I, I Draw no bet for United is plus 130. Yeah, I mean – Plus quarter of a goal, if that's in like the minus 140 range, I, I think that's a fucking banger. Minus um, 105. Even better. There you go. I, I think that like that would be my bet in that game. And, and what I'm thinking is, to your point, right, take the three biggest favorites, right? Pool, City, anyone else. If you were going to parlay those three, like is that a slam dunk win? You think it would be, right? But there's always that one team that fucks you. There's always that one unexpected team in your parlay that kills you. So when I put it kind of in that context, it does not shock me at all that four of these favorites could drop points, I think. Um, I I, I kind of – we're talking ourselves into West Ham, into Palace, into United. I think one of Forrest, Brighton, Burnley, Everton pulls something out. I'm going to go over with four. Um, I'd be interested to see where this lands when we come back next week. If it lands on three, I'm just going to give myself odds maker of the year. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a more interesting slate than it looks on paper. I think we're gonna we're due for some chaos. Yeah, peek behind the scenes. As someone who loves a good parlay and was looking for locks of the week this week, I absolutely did consider trying to parlay City and Liverpool in some fashion, and could really only get it to like minus two ten with some totals played in there. So exactly right. All right, let's move on to Serie A. Coach, we'll start with your team. We talked about Roma a little bit. Fifth place, they are taking on first place Inter Milan. Roma is a dog, plus 310, plus 235 on the draw line. Inter, 
minus 120. If you're feeling Roma, draw no bet is plus 205. Double chance is minus 115. Over is set at minus 120. Under is minus 155. Both teams to score. Minus 110, no matter which way you like it. One thing I want to say, I will start off. Roma are getting more respect from the books than Juventus got last week. Uh, 1-0 Inter win over Juve. Juve was plus 320. And uh, Inter was minus 110. So Roma getting 10 cents more respect on both of those lines. What do you make of that? I, I think that's the home away dynamic, really. I, I think that's that one being played at the San Siro. This one's at the Olympico. Uh, I think that that takes away a little bit from from Inter's, you know, number. Um, you know, if, if you're someone who's betting Inter, it, it definitely helps you out. I think Inter, rightly, a pretty big favorite here. I mean, if you look back at the first matchup back in match day 10, I, I just pulled the numbers just to give you a refresher. It was a one nothing score line. It took... Inter to the 81st minute to win that one on Marcus Taram goal. It was it was Mourinho ball at its finest for about 80 minutes when when Roma just tried to hold out hold out hold out. Um, you know, obviously the idea was to score on the counterattack. They had no counterattack to speak of in that in that match. So they at that point they were gunning for the zero zero and didn't get it. But when you look deeper at the numbers, I mean, Inter's xG was 2.3 to to 0.14 for Roma, 63.37 ball possession, 19 shots to three. Um, they did hold Inter to only three shots on target. One of them obviously went in from Taram. But it was it was complete domination. You know, um, Roma was able to to nick points off of Inter last year. Didn't come anywhere close in this one. What my what makes this one so hard to to kind of predict is De Rossi's style of play is, is so different than Mourinho's, right? And this is the first time he's playing a side that is clearly better than Roma. I mentioned earlier the sides that they just came off of those three wins against were are currently 17th, 18th, and 20th in the table. Um you know, just missing Empoli there to hit the, the bottom four, uh, and they're coming up soon. So it's it's like, how will he approach it, right? Is he going to approach it as gung-ho as he did against these three bottom feeder-type clubs where, he, you know, you know you have the better talent. You know you have a, you know, a kingmaker like De Rossi. Uh, not De, I'm, I'm saying De Rossi, but De, De Rossi has a kingmaker in Dybala who can just take a match over, especially against a much weaker opponent. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how they try to link the midfield to the attack because there was none of it the first time they played. Um, you know, Roma's setting up at a 4-3-2-1, 4-3-3 right now, which they were playing a 3-5-2 for all of the, the season and, and much of the time under Mourinho was three in the back. So how do they defend the inter-attack with the two center backs? How does that change? There's just there's just so many things to that are going to be different in this match. I don't know if that's good or bad for Roma. Does it I, does it leave them open to conceding more? I do think so. Uh, but I also think it gives them a better chance to score than they had in that first match. Because they, they, there was, I'm telling you, I watched that match in its entirety, and I was like praying for the 0-0 by the time Inter had scored that goal because there was no way Roma was scoring a goal in the match. And you're like, well, if they could get a point at the San 0-0-0, that's like a victory in itself. Um, so I, I'm curious to see how they approach it. I mean, Dybala's in great form. Like I said, Pellegrini's in great form. Can one of them find a goal? Can somebody find Lukaku's head in the box? I, I don't know. Um, but Does he have a goal since they, um, since Derossi took over? Because I feel like he's the one guy really that hasn't gotten going yet. No, I don't think he's scored in, in, in a few matches now. Um, no, it's it's been a lot of the other guys, right? It's been Dybala, El Shirari. Oh, no, he might have scored the first match actually under Derossi. I'm, I'm thinking that – I'm going to look back now. Was it he that was assisted by El, one of those two El Shirari passes, I'm, I'm thinking? Oh yeah, and, that and first one. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he scored in that one. 
Um, and he scored in their, their, their bogus friendly. So he has found the net a couple times since that also has been in charge. I, I'm just hoping that they can find some ways to get him the ball on the counterattack. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting uh, because, you know, De Rossi's style of play has been to try to dictate possession so far. You're not going to probably do that against Inter. I do think it helps being at the San Siro because the crowd will be behind Roma. And I think there'll be that, you know, momentum you get from the home crowd. I think the, the big thing for Roma is not to concede too early. Because um, if you concede too early, I think it could, it could get, um, you know, out of reach really fast. Scotty, let me put you on the spot here because I know, um, listen, we've praised Juve a lot. We've praised Inter enough, I, I feel like, this year. But you, if, you've definitely watched a lot of Inter um, over the past two years between Champions League and Serie A. They, they pretty much, I mean, the scoreline didn't show it, but they ran Juve off the park this past week. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a one-sided game. There was maybe half a chance for Juve. I don't think they even had a shot on target. Um, they had that one like pass to Vlahovic in the box that he scuffed and didn't even get a shot off. So uh, one-way traffic in that game, uh, you know, coach just, just spent the better part of a half hour talking about how excited he is with Roma and how the Rossi's look good. You giving them any sort of shot, or do you think Inter just dominates this midfield, gets the goals from their top strikers that they expect to get, and on to the next? From a betting perspective, I think I would. Um, if you told me where I'm, you know, putting money on, I think you know Roma double chance at home. It's like basically even money, right? minus one fifteen, minus one hundred five, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, I think that's probably where I would like to put my money on just because i think as coach said i think at home it's a it's a big boost for for aroma i think they're on the right track um i know you know interplayed well against juve and juve is obviously a little bit you know higher in, in competition levels against roma even in their current form but um i think there's something to be said about you know how you're carrying how, how roma's carrying this momentum into this match and they don't really need to get a win here right like i think if you asked roma fans following the match after a draw if they're happy with the result i think the vast majority would agree that it's a good result mm-hmm. um i bet inter fans would just, too quite honestly coming off of that yeah you know. so yeah to, to to that extent like i think from a betting perspective that's who i would you know support or or, or, or put money on um if you're taking betting out of it and you're just looking at it purely from like an x's and o's tactics you know who has the ability to you know dominate possession and and score multiples i think given how inters you know they're in in seria and and, and in champions league you know their mentality is is always been you know a a strong back line first and then build from there that's probably what would make the most sense in, in terms of inter coming out having a similar performance like they did against juve where they just dominate possession they like you said they they don't really let roma get a sniff at goal and if they do, it's, you know, you know, on the odd occasion. Um, and then, you know, Lautaro, who's been easily the best striker in the league, can he get it done? Can he get, you know, a, a goal or two or set something up um, to put up, a, a, you know, like I said, multiple goals? Because uh, I think if if Inter get, you know, two or three goals in this one, uh, I don't see Roma getting a result in that case. Yeah, uh, I'm in full agreement. I, I think... Um... The midfield is is really. Uh, I want to see how Roma responds. I want to see how they stack up. Coach mentioned they changed their formation to uh, three men in the midfield, right? Four three. 
Yeah, four, two. They, sometimes they look at it's four three three. I, I see four three two one, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's where Inter kind of dominates. We watched uh, Chalanoglu last week, man of the match. I mean, I'm sure if anybody that's listening to this saw that, either watched the game or saw the highlight on Twitter over and over and over, some of the passes he made. I thought Badella had a really, really, really good game. Um, they're obviously, you know, up and down the wings, Inter are dangerous. And, and they did all that, and Lotaro had a bad game. And I don't really expect him to have two or three suspect performances in a row. So I think that goes against Roma. Um, and I think they're really going to be fucking motivated to shut Lukaku down. I, I mean, I think he is the last guy they are going to want to score after all the drama between them, between his bullshit in the media, the loan spells, the this, the that. So um, I think that spells a little bit of a disaster for Roma. We obviously know Inzaghi is a better coach, but maybe the one little element of surprise that Rossi has is there's no tape on him, right? There's, there's no, three games worth. Do, you, yeah. you don't know what he's going to do. He, they've got nothing to lose. I think you mentioned that as well. So should be fascinating. Uh, I do have a pick in this game, so I'll save that for our locks. But, uh, I mean, I have to say it going on three years in a row, uh, you know, one of the philosophies I have, if you're getting the league leaders close to plus money or better, you just kind of take them. And Inter's minus 120. We've said that, I think, now for three or four weeks uh, with different league leaders. I think Real Madrid, I think we had Inter last week. Like, it hasn't failed us, really. Inter at minus 120 is a great number. Could Roma pull something out? It'd be kind of cool to see, but, you know, we're going to have to see. They have to prove it, right? Yeah, and I think you uh, mentioned too, like no no pressure on Roma now, right? There, there's kind of I think there's been a little bit of a weight lifted off their shoulders too with like the the, the change of era, Trigoria, and also like Scotty mentioned Arsenal prime for a letdown, like it's Inter prime for a letdown after right. beating Juventus, right? Could there be some of that element too as they have to travel on the road? They're thinking about Champions League. Yep, you know that that could be too. So just things to keep in the back of your mind as it as you're yeah, watching. I think it. that's that's the point of all points right there. It's the, they won the Super Cup. Right, they they come back. They've took care of business against Fiorentina. They took care of business against Juve. They have Champions League the following week. Like if there was a spot that you expect them to maybe rotate, that you expect a little bit of a letdown, where three points doesn't necessarily spell the end of the world if you don't get it, this could be it. And and when I say letdown, like a draw could be a letdown. Right, hundred percent winning. Because they've lost yeah. one match all season, um, I, I believe, off the top of my head. It yep. was that match against Sassuolo early in the season, one of the worst Sassuolos we've seen. It looks even worse now when you when you look at it, uh, you know, looking back in hindsight. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one for Roma. But, heck, like you said, you don't know. There, there's no there's no tape on De Rossi and what he might do in this match. And maybe Roma pulls out a surprise. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I just hope that Roma is – for me as, as a Romanista, I'll, I'll leave it here before we move on to Milan, is – that I just hope that they're able to keep it competitive where they could, even if they lose, you don't root, like throw away that momentum from the last three uh, because you could carry some of that into. Uh, now I feel momentum terrible about my Roma double, ch- double chance take. We just, we can lose, just keep it close. That's such a loser mentality. Now <laughs> I don't, well, now, you know, my, my now I'm putting my money on Inter. For a uh, premier league title, no. Scott. So yeah, I'm I done. I'm, I'm putting my money back on Inter. I take there it back. Go. I tried Told to be you. nice. Nick school of gambling. Unbelievable. <laughs> I can't believe that was going to be your closing thought, Coach. I'll say before we go on to Napoli, as long as we keep it close, I'm happy. Like, oh, that's that hurts. At home, at home, 
I mean, in fairness, I feel like uh, you, you kind of had that sentiment last week for Liverpool, and they wound up losing three to one. So I did not say that. I said I, I felt good about it. I was concerned that the books actually had Arsenal such heavy favorites. I said that's what concerned me. Books had the drop on us in that one. Let's be honest. Yeah, dude, the books anyway. are never wrong. Yeah, they yeah. a fucking fact. Uh, speaking of wrong. A lot of people were wrong about Napoli. This podcast was not one of them. Scotty, certainly not one of them. They're in seventh place. They are taking on Milan, who is in third. I think that third place position pretty well locked up for Milan at this point, right? Just uh, the, the title is probably out of grasp. I think fourth place is a battle between too many teams that are inferior. But Milan has been an absolute wagon for this podcast. We have been hitting money lines we've been hitting team totals for them we even combined both of those bets last week for the pod locked cash that one so they're favored here minus 115 napoli is plus 265 the draw is plus 255 if you like napoli draw no bet plus 170 double chance minus 125 over is minus 140 the under is minus 105 and both teams to score minus 155 so the books have kind of caught up. Milan games will have goals. I want to say nine out of the last 10 have gone over. Uh, that's, that's from memory. I don't have that in front of me. So if I'm wrong, I apologize. But um, Seven straight, I can tell you for, for sure. There you go. Then I, I definitely feel good. Street. feel yeah. really good about that number I just made up. Uh, Napoli is, I don't know, you know, they, they haven't really looked better since the coaching change, but they're they got a result last week coming from behind in like the 70th minute. I think they scored two yeah. goals. Osimhen's still out for them. Um, man, on paper, this this looks like a big mismatch. Can anybody make a case for Napoli? I can't, and I'm going to criticize you for one thing, Nick, because you said Napoli are in seventh place. They're up to seventh place. They were sitting in ninth last week, and it took Lazio and Fiorentina to put together two duds performances. Yes. And Napoli coming back from... Uh, a one-goal deficit against Verona thanks to an own goal, I think, in like the 70th minute. And then Kavara got the game winner, you know, in like the 85th or, or around there. Yep. Like they, they fell ass backwards into seventh place, which is, you know, we say it all the time. That's classic Serie A. Like that's just how this, these things kind of work. But by no means do I think they're in better shape than they were, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago. I still think they're kind of this middling club right now that are teetering on, you know, disaster. I think... You know, I, I don't. I'm not gonna say they're at rock bottom. That's that's not true at all. But I, I think they've kind of found their level. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. They're, they've kind of found their level now. I think this is realistically where they kind of should be, given everything that's kind of transpired uh, in the last six to eight months. Um, but I can't make a case for them to to look any better than this because you know nothing has has really changed since we first started to call them. You know, dropping down the table in end of October or whatever it was. So. Yeah, you know, Milan's been hot for us. I'm not going to doubt them now. Um, you know, their offense and the, and the attack should be plenty to, to get by Napoli. And I just don't trust Napoli to score in this one, really. Um, you know, Kvara will have to have a stunner or something along those lines because they've just been rather, I don't know, mundane uh, for the last few weeks. And uh, I'm looking at the live odds. Milan actually dropped to minus 110, so even better if you like them. Uh, coach, they're at home. Do they handle business here? I I, I have a pick in this one. Um, oh. oh, yeah, I have a pick in this one. I, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna echo what Scott said though on Napoli. Like I don't trust Napoli at all. 
you know, Dale Laurentiis gave an interview, um, you know, it, it was in his press conference and, and he, he talked about the sacking of Garcia. Like he was like some big macho guy. Like he tried to play machismo. Like um, I exploded just before sacking Garcia. You know, why did I sack him? Because in his last match against Empoli, I made it known to him that I thought he was making too many mistakes. And he told me, let me do what I have to do. And he said, if someone responds to you that way, either you tell them to F off right, right away or stay quiet. During halftime, I went to the locker room, told them, what the F are you doing? You really want to get sacked. And at the end, that's exactly what I did. One, once the match finished, I told him to go fuck off, right? So, like, like this is, like, Mourinho level as, as, like, an owner, right? This is, like, the kind of things, like, these guys say that they want to sound tough. And it's, like, like this is who's running the club. He made a mistake hiring Garcia and is trying to, like, cover it up by telling the manager he was making too many mistakes and told him to go F off later in the match and then brings in Mazzotti, who hasn't been relevant in so long. I mean, more losses than Garcia. Yeah. I, I mean, so they're, I don't know where they go from here the rest of the season. Like Scotty mentioned, you know, having that extra midweek window open for Lazio, like Napoli's on that trajectory too. Um, you know, because those two might be fighting with Fiorentina to, for that conference league spot at the, at the rate it's going. Like, yeah. like, like who wants that? that, that that's what it comes down to. I, I'd love to see it be Lazio just so. Uh, your boy Lotito can eat his words of that's like a loser competition, you know, the the loser who has never won a European trophy. But um, Napoli is 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 certainly in in a bad place, and without Osimhen, I, I I can't trust them. I mean, what it t- it took them to like two late goals last weekend, right, to even yep. beat Hellas. So yep. um, they don't impress me much, and and I don't think there's much to trust there to to even take them double chance or or draw no bet. No way. I'm going to try to play devil's advocate in that like this is potentially their most important game of the year. Like this is a, like this could be a Scudetto type game for them. Like like make or break their season, right? Beat Milan like that, like the, the, the bragging rights and the, if they lose this game, then man, that's just despair. Right. Like, but if they beat Milan, could they rally around that? That's the only thing I could kind of see, but I, I just I can't go against Milan now. They've been fucking awesome to us. They generate way too much offense. Napoli's got really nothing going for them. Um, you know, the books are telling us over. Milan games have obviously been automatic overs. I, I don't know that I would lay the minus 140 on it, but um, feels like a 2-3-1 win for Napoli, uh, excuse me, for Milan in this one. Feels that way. It, it does. Uh, if Napoli does win, I think you're right. It'll be like for them for Napoli Twitter, which was so lively last season. It'll be like the Undertaker meme where they're just like rising, and maybe they'll start chirping yeah. the, the Milan fans again. But um, yeah, it does feel like a two-one-three-one type match to me. But I, I wouldn't lay the, the minus one forty on it. I think you got to find a different angle. Maybe, I, I mean, maybe an over three or something. I'm going back in time here, and if you don't count the Super Copa, which was in whatever Saudi, right? Yep. That's yep. what I was wondering. You guys are. Napoli hasn't scored a goal away from home since, I mean, it looks like, yeah, the November 29th in the Champions League against Real Madrid. That's yeah, their I last think they were shut goal. out three straight games, right, before the last yeah. one? Or Ro- yep. In the yeah, league. So, like, they're anyway. in, in, yeah. in the league, in the league, they, you know, December 23rd, lost 2 nothing at Roma. Then, oh, you know, uh, two weeks later, lost 3 nothing at Torino. A couple weeks later, lost or drew 0-0 against Napoli. They drew... Um, zero zero against Monza, like they don't score away from home right now. 
It's just, and we know Milan are going to get theirs. You know, like yep. that's that's a given. Yep. So I, I don't I don't see Napoli coming out and like breaking through that trend, especially without Osiman in this match. It makes no sense. Agree. Yeah. Agree. No. Hey, nothing I like more than when we're all in agreement. So if you're betting this one and you have a play uh, that's that's more obvious than Milan money line, because um, that's that's where my head's at. I'm sorry. I know Coach has a pick. He hasn't gotten to that yet. But if I know Coach the way I think he do, uh, he's probably going to agree. So. If anybody else has an angle on this one, be sure to to reply to the show, reply to one of us. Would love to understand it, but I think uh, light work for Milan. Yeah. Cool. All right, Scotty, let's go for our fifth winning week in a row. Lead us off. I appreciate you saying our winning week. Yeah, winning week we're a team. I am we not involved in this no, We're a team. So no, we are a fucking team. <laughs> All right. Well, my first sure winner here, I'm going to take a, a constant winner, which is Manchester City um, playing Everton, as we mentioned at the top of the show. I'm going to take the rarely taken both teams to score no draw line. It's plus Ooh. 145. Um, my le- my reasoning is this. We, we all are in agreement. City are going to probably destroy Everton. Everton have turned back into a pumpkin. They don't look good again. They had like a f- three or four game winning streak in December, but have since been, you know, duds of the year. Um Holland back with with De Bruyne assisting like City are going to get three minimum. Um, I'm looking at the chances of Everton to score right now. The books have them at minus 120 to score a goal. I think that's fair given City's lackluster defense, um, even with everything that's been going on with their attack. You know, their defense has always been suspect, um, you know, conceded last weekend as well, even with uh, the full squad being back. So I think there's a very good chance that Everton do get a goal in this one. And instead of just taking like the minus 120, um, I'll take the extra juice at plus 145, given the fact that I, there's no way that City don't get a win and don't score multiples here. So that's my my logic anyways. Okay. Um, I'll just go with the one I was hinting at right away. I'm going to go Milan Moneyline versus Napoli, minus 110. You know, like, like we said earlier, Milan made a sweat out to Podlock last weekend, but Napoli doesn't impress me much at all. I expect Rossoneri to get the job done at home against a Napoli side that is still without Victor Osiman. Yeah, agreed. I like it. Always agreed. All right, I am going to go with my squad. I started off on a hate session. Thanks to you, Scotty, bringing it up. But I think they have to get it done this week to Cagliari. They are plus 110. They need a win. Got to calm the dressing room. Got to calm the critics, including myself. And they're winless in three games. So, Cagliari gave up four to Roma last week. I think that means Lazio should be able to get two goals. Lazio have not lost to Cagliari in 17 matches. They've been first to score in the last five. I think they have to get it done at plus 110. That's just too good to pass up. I like it. Um, as much as I don't trust Lazio, this number jumped out as me as soon as I saw it uh, on the Serie A lines. Cali looked awful against Roma. Uh, if, if Lazio can't get two in this one, then I think you will be having midweeks off. No doubt. All right. Second lock of the week for me. Uh, I'm going to take a risk with one that I said could be a loser at the top of the show. I'm taking Newcastle money line at Nottingham Forest. I know I said that Newcastle's away form has been abysmal and it wouldn't be surprising uh, to see them drop points here. I think that's fair, but I think they've actually started to look a little bit better in recent weeks. Um, you know, they've they've definitely I think they are undefeated so far in January. Um, 
They had a 4-4 draw against Luton Town, which kind of seems bad at first glance, but Luton's been playing pretty well themselves. Um, and I think the fact that Newcastle are back to scoring, you know, three or four goals in the last few matches is a good sign. Um, but more so than anything, I think Forest are just trending in the absolute wrong direction. Um, they're playing themselves right back into the relegation battle. So um, even on the road, I like Newcastle's chance to, to get a result here. And, and that plus money against a team of, you know, Forest's ilk, uh, I think that's a really good value. So I'm just going to take them not think about it and hope we can get the pre points on that one. All right. Um, my next one, I'm going to the Bundesliga. I am going the top of the table clash Leverkusen hosting Bayern Munich. And I'm going Leverkusen draw no bet at minus one Oh five. A win from Leverkusen at home would probably put them in a great position to end Bayern's reign on top of the Bundesliga. Chabi Alonso side hasn't lost in 34 straight matches, including a two, two draw in Munich earlier in the season. I think they do better than that here, but we'll take the protection of the draw no bet at almost even money. Coach Worldwide, love it. Uh, yeah, hope it. probably probably the the match of the weekend really across Europe. Yeah, we probably could have talked about it a little bit more. Shame on us, but we got excited with our clubs as we usually do. But should be a good one for sure. Uh, Germany has been largely disappointing. Like a lot of the games, just generally speaking, hasn't been as high flying. Uh, the marquee matchups have been kind of okay. I, I think. They've traditionally lived and died with Bayern, so good to see Leverkusen. Hopefully they can keep it up. Would love to see them get a result in this one. And uh, I'm going to one of our other featured matches, Roma, Inter. I like both teams to score in this one. It's at minus 110. Uh, We talked at length, but Inter absolutely on fire. But Roma have also found the net an awful lot. Inter is scoring, so this basically is giving us even money for Roma to get one. I think that seems fair. Sounds like similar logic that I had in my first pick, so can't hate it. All right. I will close things out with a parlay, as I like to do so often. Um, it's going to be Luton Town money line and over one and a half uh uh, total at Sheffield United. It's plus 105. Um, as I mentioned, I really like Luton Town and what they've been doing the last few weeks. Um, unlike Forest, they've actually been playing themselves out of the relocation battle. Um, they're actually above the drop zone for the first time in, I think, all season, really. Um, so shout out to them. Um, they'll be at Kenilworth Road, which is one of those unique stadiums in the Premier League these year or these days. So uh, I like them at home, certainly getting... Uh, Lots of goals against last place Sheffield United and their league's worst defense. Um, they've conceded 59 goals this season. Second worst is Burnley at 47. So they've conceded 12 more goals than the next worst defense. Um, so I think there'll be plenty of goals in this one. And Luton Town come home with three points and maybe a little bit more of a cushion over the uh, relegation line. Yeah, looking like they might save themselves. Yes, so this, this would be a big one. You know, those relegation six-pointers are always big, and this is one of them here. So I, I like yeah. it. Uh, and shout good. out uh, Elijah Adebayor, um, or Adebayo, excuse me, Elijah Adebayo. The uh, guy is unbelievable. Um, he's been scoring left, right, and center all last month or so. It looks like he's a, a true blue um, striker that's probably going to have a long career in the Premier League, or at least a long career in, in, in European football uh, if he decides to go abroad. All right, I'm going back to the Bundesliga with my last one. It is RB Leipzig and over one and a half match parlay at Augsburg, minus 110. Leipzig bounced back from a thumping at the hands of Stuttgart uh, by the sky, score of 5-2 by beating Union Berlin 2-0 last weekend. That also snapped a three-match losing streak. Red Bull knows it needs to pile up the points against inferior opponents if it's going to secure a Champions League place for next year. They're currently fifth in the table, um, not too far behind both Dortmund and Stuttgart. 
they should get it done on the road by scoring multiple goals at 12th place Augsburg. Coach worldwide. We thrive when coach goes to Germany, not once, but twice. Um, so last week, guys, you, you watched me bet a horrendous Fiorentina match, right? I called it a heat check for the pod. That bet did not turn out well, but we still made it through. I am going with heat check 2.0 because I am going back to Fiorentina. Last week's match, I think, featured like 30-something shots, four posts, to all the shit to, to not get the corners that we needed. We came up three short, but... They're taking on Frosinone, and over two and a half is minus 135. Uh, Just this one jumped out before I even started looking at any stats or past performances. Frosinone have hit the over in nine out of ten matches. Both give up a shitload of goals. Fiorentina need this win. They are right neck and neck with Lazio, with Napoli for being fucking terrible. But they are also without a clean sheet in their last three games to Frosinone. I think... 2-1 2-1 game here is the absolute minimum, and we cash three goals. Minus 135. All right. All right. Well, that brings us to pod lock. Uh, this week, we're going to take a total. We got Burnmouth at Fulham over two and a half. Love. Uh, love. Uh, when you take an over, you usually want to try and find a guy that's hot and scoring goals. Uh, we have that with Dominic Solanke uh, on Burnmouth. He's got six goals and an assist in his last seven matches. Um, so got to feel pretty good about him getting some sort of contribution to the scoreline on the road. Um, Fulham, on the other hand, they've been shut out in three of their last five games. But last week against Burnley, they started to show you know some positive signs that they're turning things around. Um, scored two in that one. Um, I think this one has the makings of like a back and forth multi-goal thriller. I think it's going to be one of those weirdly um, entertaining games that, you know, doesn't necessarily contain a premier name, but um, certainly a, a premier match at the end of it. So. We'll happily take the over at minus 135. Love it. All right, boys. That's going to wrap it up for our first show of February. As we mentioned, uh, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. If you're watching on YouTube, we are on all your pod platforms, whichever one you like the best. Happyhoursports.net, written pieces and links to our work there. Of course, we are on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash kickspickspod. Champions League coming back next week. So be on the lookout for our preview of the second round and our picks for the midweek. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you next week. Peace.